1: Here in a minute. Anyways, I'm gonna <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with this sometimes. But anyways, this is Jess Full here on Lions Radio Network um, with Jess Messon Broadcast, and we are back today. And it's always kind of like I feel like, you know, I named my stuff Jess Messon a while back, and it's just like always been like this continual like little bit of a shit show here and there. <laughs> So, anyways, our promo will probably start playing here in a minute. Oh wait, here it goes. Ready? Oh no, never mind. Okay, game over. Anyways, so we have Michael Briggs with us today, who's just like really fun, creative artist. I don't know, what I'm talking about. Just missing. Um, Really fun. I really could not. It's like not even playing right now. Like I don't. This is why this is frustrating for me sometimes.
0: Jess Messen Broadcast is hosted by Jess Fole, a visual artist from Baltimore, Maryland. Jess invites those who've inspired her to recount their tales of becoming professional artists and creators. Through sharing memories and stories, Jess and her guests relive experiences, discuss new projects, and foster new ideas, all while making sense of this crazy pop culture world we live in. Tune in weekly for a variety of guests ranging from musicians, designers, artists, and entrepreneurs who are actively creating the world around us. And now, it's time for Jess Messon Broadcast with Jess Fole.
1: Like, I... Don't even know blows. what to say is. about that. <laughs> Anyways, nice. okay, so Michael Rice is with us, and now we're gonna get started. Okay, get ready for this. I'm gonna read his bio, everyone. Oh, in God. an age where the lines between, <laughs> in an age where the lines between the digital and physical worlds continue to blur, our grasp on reality is blurring as well. Finding himself at the intersection of these contrasting worlds, it is here at the center of what visual artist Michael Rice calls the push-pull that he and his work reside. Deploying retro-modern abstractions meant to disorient and engage the viewer in almost relentless fashion, Rice's work aims to reflect our world's dichotomous transformation and provide perspective on the emergence of a new paradigm. Rooted in the 80s and 90s counterculture and heavily influenced by today's technical landscape, Rice's style transcends genres and evokes a unique aesthetic that glides from nostalgic to futuristic, leaving a lasting impression on the viewer. What's up, Michael?
2: (laughs) Hey, what's going on? How are you doing?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, look, it's like totally par for the course because I think I'm like, I don't know, I think I've done like maybe 40 broadcasts or something like, or maybe 30. And I think in every single one of them, some shit hits the fan somewhere. Like, it's just part of it. So we're happy to have you here to experience all the fun.
2: <laughs> it's good to be here. I'm Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, cool. So let's start off with, I'm going to preface the whole conversation with, Um, Michael posted some new work last week that straight up kind of rocked my world in the sense that, like, I've been fangirling it for every day since, like, you dropped it. And I'm really excited about it. It makes me feel like it's something I haven't seen on the Internet, I haven't seen going on, and I really am excited to talk about it because the work that you were making before this is quite different. And it's inspired me, like, A, I really appreciate the style, and I don't think in that way. So I'm excited to talk about that. I'm excited to talk about the process. And I'm excited to talk about mostly, like, kind of what motivated you to take this shift and like make this jump and totally drop this new work and how that all came to be. So we have a lot to get to. <laughs> that
2: sounds good. Yeah. No, I'm excited to talk about all that stuff. So.
1: Okay. So start off. Start us off with kind of the backstory of how arting came to be for you, how it started, and then kind of what trans where you transitioned into professional art, and really making a go at being a professional artist?
2: Yeah, you know, so, um, you know, growing up as a kid, like especially on my mother's side of the family, um, there's a lot, it, There's, they all have a lot of art in their genes, I guess, is the easiest way to put it. And um, so you know, growing up as a kid, like all my aunts and uncles, they're all good at one thing or another, whether it was drawing or woodworking or, you know, engineering and all these different things. And so I grew up as a kid kind of experiencing this, and um, so I was always kind of had a pen or pencil in my hand, was sketching as a young kid, but never really did much with it, you know, and then kind of, you know, sports got came in, into play when I was a young adolescent, and that kind of took up most of my attention, you know, up through high school, and, you know, I took a couple art classes in high school, but nothing serious, and, um, you know, I have always kind of had, I guess, some creativity in my genes, so I was always kind of involved in certain certain creative projects growing up, but... Never really, like I said, never really did much with it. And then ended up going to college um, for business. And I learned quickly that that was probably not the the best route for me. Uh, After failing statistics twice in a row, I realized anything with numbers is probably going to be a a bad route to travel down. So
0: that uh, that quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: I totally did. Like I traded out my statistics, statistics class for joining like some super duper heavy, deep and real, like marketing thing to like trade out the credits. And like, I negotiated this deal because there was no hope for me whatsoever in (laughs) passing that class like ever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting, you know, I went from that and then basically came back to Baltimore after you know, a year and a half at, 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 at business school. And then, um, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so I was taking some courses at a community college here in Baltimore and ended up taking some art courses. And I met this teacher um, who, who really had like a strong impact on my life and it was in a ceramics course. And um, basically I, I I came in there and like was drawn to working on the wheel, kind of throwing clay, throwing pots and just fell in love with it to the, to the point where it's like all I could really think about. And, this teacher basically let me just basically let me focus on the wheel while the rest of the class was doing different projects. He let me do that for uh, four different semesters. I ended up taking ceramics one, two, three, and four in a row there and, and, developing like a strong friendship with this teacher. And he kind of convinced me that I could, you know, try and carve out a life for myself as an artist. So he was going, he had gone to RISD and was going to kind of write a recommendation for me to go that route. And I was also taking some graphic design courses at the time and, through a series of bad decisions, I ended up. I ended up uh, going to school for graphic design, kind of like in chasing the money, right? I always had like this kind of my default position was like looking at the world from like a, a business standpoint, even though I was bad at it, right? And so, well, I mean, so, we
1: grew up that way, though. We grew up that yeah,
2: way. Yeah, Like that's, that's just
1: true. Yeah. part of like kind of kind of Baltimore growing up and yeah, culture here. Sure. Like, yeah, a lot of the conversations an that I have around that. Yeah, and I think too, like there's cre- like in you know the sect of how we grew up, like the creativity thing is all well and good, but it's what's gonna you know how are you gonna make your money? And so you know, its right. it it is right. what it is. Right. Yeah. And so you know,
2: I mean, it's all worked out in the end. Like, I, like now I'm really happy that I have like this this background in graphic design, right? And so, um, so long story short, I go to school stuff. for and the business right i mean that that really does help and it helps apply um you know doing what doing what we're doing now you know as an artist you got to be able to sell yourself you got to be able to talk to people you have to understand a little bit of marketing and kind of that there is a commerce side to this right i mean it, it's great to be able to make great cool art and and have fun and do stuff like that but at the end of the day i mean if you can't sell it like then you know good good fucking luck you know what i mean like what are you going to do <laughs> you know so so <laughs> um, I mean, there's a reality to that, you know, and so, uh, you know, you learn that you, re- you learn that relatively quickly when you when if you're trying to make a real go at this, that that there is a commerce piece to this that you have to kind of adapt to, and and um, unless you have endless streams of income, you know, coming in, um, you know, don't, and you really got to try and make this, you know, a way to to carve out a living for yourself. I mean, you have to be able to adapt to to certain elements uh, in the market. You know, it's just the way it is. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I think I'm probably going off off track here, which I tend to do, but you know, long story short, I go to school mm-hmm. for graphic design, come out of that, um, and end up getting involved in like recruiting and, um, which I'm also had nothing to do with art, but, um, glad it, it's in my background because it, it helped me learn how to talk to people and kind of engage and just to learn a little bit about business and how companies run and stuff like that. Um, and then from there, I kind of went on for the next 10 years um, after school to to basically um, hold a series of different jobs. You know, I would hold a job for a year or two at a time, and it was, you know, I'd, I'd be interested and then, you know, kind of lose interest and want to move on to the next. But they kind of had a, a theme in marketing and branding and something, some stuff in the creative realm. Until about two years ago when I just finally decided, you know, I, I started painting again, and I finally decided that... You know, um, this is what I meant to do. This is what I want to do. I know this is not an easy road to, to go down. It's not an easy ladder to climb, but you know, I've, I've had all these different jobs. None of them, you know, leave me feeling fulfilled at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Or it's not like I'm so progressing, much, you know, you're
1: like, exactly. You whatever. Know I mean, like,
2: i mean, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm good enough and you know, smart enough to like, be good at my job to a certain extent, but it's like, I'm not really stacking a career here. Right. I'm not really like putting yeah. the pieces in place where like my salary is increasing like substantially or anything like that. It's like, I'm learning new things, but I'm not really going anywhere. And uh, so I was like, you know, I'm just going to give this a go. And, and this is, you know, I think what I really want to do. And then, you know, fast forward two years kind of had my, my head down. Um, you know, trying to work on my craft and whatnot. And now I'm here today. And so uh, I'm still with a, a long way to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's interesting to hear about, like, the backstory on your, you know, your clay work and your pottery and stuff because your previous work, I'm assuming, like, with I – would, I would kind of associate that to, like, kind of, like, the knowledge of using a wheel and kind of, like – like movement because you were doing like fluid paintings that now I wouldn't even compare them to like what's been so oversaturated with the idea of fluid painting. But I feel like that concept would come from, or could come from like exploratory of knowing the familiarity of a pottery wheel and then playing with a new medium.
2: You know, that's really interesting. I've never, I've never made that connection but it, it actually makes a lot of sense. You know, they both are very organic uh, you know, forms of, of art and um and uh that's interesting that you know but it makes a lot of sense because it was like, you know, that style that you're you're alluding to um before my my recent shift was was kind of my my reintroduction into art, right? I had spent 10 years in, you know, in kind of the corporate side of America to a certain extent and and then this was like my my dive back in and uh you know of course it was going to be kind of rooted in some of my experiences 10 years prior and so Right. Um yeah, exactly. So that's interesting that you kind of make that connection.
1: So this new work is like I don't know. I I just it just like kind of like lit up my life when I saw it. I was so excited because for me in the way that like what I'm trying to explore my work, and I especially love when I can see work from another artist who has a distinct look or who has been working on something in particular. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, just kidding. I have this banging, this banging new idea. And it's coming out super clean, super nice. And like, from what I can see exactly how you envisioned the pieces you are translating into actuality and physicality so talk to us or tell us about kind of like what was the motivation for you and how did you for lack of better terms like balls up to completely flip it around because I've done that a few times and I've been like kind of intimidated by a few things. And in the past year I've been trying to like, you know, climb that mountain. And then I saw you do this and I was like, Yo. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I, cool. Cool. I, I appreciate it. that. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, it's um so, So, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because it was it was kind of uh, it was definitely a conscious decision. Right. And to kind of shift gears. And so but it was but it was kind of two for two reasons. One was that I was I was feeling very frustrated for the last several months um, and not just like with the end product of what I was creating, um, but with the process itself. And so. I was feeling stuck and kind of you know I was motivated to paint I was motivated to create but while I was actually creating I wasn't really feeling inspired and I wasn't really feeling like a, a strong sense of direction and like a strong sense of vision uh in terms of being able to kind of see see a blank canvas and see see what I you know see the end product and, and have that in mind and that's totally understand important.
1: this feeling you know like I'm, yeah, I'm, and it's, I'm and it's in it it's like i almost in it like right writer's now with block. this thing I'm finishing up. Like I totally get
2: yeah. this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's like you you, you kinda of have a sense of where you're going and like you can rely on your instincts to a certain extent to kinda of get you there, but like you want to be inspired and you and you and you want you want the process to be fun. You really want to be enjoying what you're doing and and uh and for whatever reason, like that, that just wasn't it wasn't happening. It wasn't clicking for me. And uh so, you know, I and at the same time, you know, what I was doing, like you said, there was it was uh, like a, acrylic pouring that was my base coat, and then from there I would add all kinds of layers on top of it. And so what what's happened in the, over the last couple of years is acrylic pouring has kind of become this really hot topic in like the DIY community, right? And so a lot of people are going there, going to you know to YouTube, and they're like flipping over, flipping open over, a, you know, a cup of paint onto a canvas, like swirling it around for a little bit
0: and I like know. calling it a day. So right. <laughs> call it a day.
2: right You know what I mean? And it's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like if you want bizarre. to go do that, that's that's awesome. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know what I mean? That's, I'm glad, like, that I can know. be accessible to people that don't really experience art that, you know, to be able to go do that. And that's really cool. However, what it has done for people that are kind of taking it like I was, you know, and going much deeper with, with that process and adding a lot a lot of different layers on top of that as a base coat, it, it started to kind of get cloudy. The the marketplace got got cloudy and there almost became like this stigma attached to it, right? In terms of trying to carve out well, like a professional name for Have yourself.
0: Have
1: you seen Kaylin Schwab is, you know, doing a big yeah, show yeah. um yep. in
0: fake art. New York
1: Yeah, and I messaged him and I was like, Kaylin, if your work is fake art, then I'm so fucked. <laughs> And he wrote, and he wrote back like, Oh my God, thank you. And I was like, cause seriously, that's so unfortunate. And I get like the, the feet, like what he, the fallback that he's getting because the perception is like what he's doing has been so simplified and dumbed down. And it's like, Oh my goodness. Like that's so not the case. And you know, it's unfortunate, but also you're right. Like I should, take into consideration like how fun that is that other people can experience
2: the joy of what right. We do. Right. Which is great. Like <laughs> at the end of the day that's what I mean that's 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 what it's all about, right? But I mean but at the same time, you know, if you're if you're trying to make a living, I mean it's it's the same concept as like, you know, almost like Amazon putting out you know, putting the small bookstores out of out of business, right? It's just like it became so saturated, the market became so saturated with with this type of painting with this type of work that it all just kind of started blending together and it became hard to stand out. Right. And, and if you want to sell your work, like you have to, you have to stand out to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Like you have to. You, there's so many images, there's so much content being pushed out there on social media these days, and like people are oh consuming so much imagery and content. Right? They're overloaded on a daily basis. You have to. You have to have something that 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 makes us otherwise. You're just going to get skipped over, right? And so, kind of harken back to what I was saying before. Like it's all great and good to like create stuff that like. You know, is is close to your heart, and like all these, you know, things that are good. You know what I mean? And and they they're important components to creating good art. But there is a commerce side to this. You have to create something that's going to make a statement, that's going to get noticed somehow. Um, and, you know, well, if you want to sell it. that's the difference between
1: so, being an artist and being a professional artist. And I think that's like, and I've talked about this on the show before, where there's like no title for what we get to do and there's no way line of demarcation as far as progress or where you've gotten unless someone pulls up your bio you know because i shouldn't be at a table and sitting with someone who's like i'm an artist and i'm like okay i agree with you but that's when i started saying i'm a professional artist and then people would say oh me too and i'm like okay but like a professional artist isn't someone who sells once in a while or falls back on selling art. Like I flip art every single day to some degree and it's taken uh, it's taken 10 years to get there, you know? So,
2: yeah.
1: All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So we're doing this touring and then you have this concept for amplified. So tell us how that plays out.
2: So, so, you know, i drawn inspiration from you know other artists obviously that are you know street artists you know so okay I guess let me back up so um growing up like I I like skateboarding was a heavy influence on my life both at a young age um like in the early 80s and mid 80s as well as like in high school um throughout high school like we had a skate park in my backyard we had a tennis court growing up that was like just kind of broken down and disheveled and you know a bunch of buddies came over in high school, and we just kind of turned like whipped tennis court into a skate park and so it was it was you know I had a strong influence in my life. I was heavily involved in that culture and and uh, you know I still snowboard to this day, so that has a strong impact kind of on on my style in general and like that you know getting back to the, my previous style in terms of painting like that was that's just not really me. What I was creating isn't like isn't me, and like this new stuff i I feel like is much more rooted in like who I actually am and like what I actually represent, like kind of the style that I actually would dress in and the stuff that I would like, like to hang on my own walls. So uh-huh. that was kind of going through this, this process internally, right? Like being unhappy and being unfulfilled and unsatisfied. And so that kind of led to also this aspect of like wanting to, you know, try and get my art notice a little bit more. So I said, you know, why don't I try something new? And so, um, this style, like this kind of optical art, kinetic art, you know, mixed with like you know some fusion of like street art feel, kind of thing, um, is is stuff that I is is kind of close to the, my roots. Like this is the type of stuff I used to doodle and draw as a kid, and I do all these kind of three D type drawings, and so I started sketching around and just having fun with it. And, and you know, I've got a little bit of skills on the computer with graphic design programs. Um, from my background from those bad decisions I was telling you about earlier (laughs) and uh, you know just started sketching around and and came up with some cool concepts and uh, figured out a way to kind of get it onto canvas or at the time I guess it was wood panels and and that was it you know what I mean I just I figured you know and I put this out there and you know I went through this whole situation where I was asking myself like is this it was like a complete 180 degree reversal of like my previous work right and I was like yeah. doubting myself, like, am I allowed to do this? Is this cool? Is this going to confuse, you know, my viewers, which is like, you know, a couple exactly. hundred of them or whatever. Like, I'm like, you know, like as if that's like a, a big difference. And so I talked to a couple people, and they were like, Mike, fuck it. Like, did you enjoy creating it? And I was like, yeah. They're like, then then what do you then what are you what are you thinking about? Like, why are you questioning it? Put it out there. Who cares? You know, everybody, every artist kind of transitions from one point to another, and you know, think about it from a project project standpoint, like. What you, just because you did this doesn't mean you have to stay there. you can do this and then you can do this and so now i 'm doing this and, and I 'm happy and I like it. you know what I mean and A year or two from now, I could be doing something totally different. I have no clue what what i'll be doing in a couple of years, you know but right now, you know working on this, this amplified yeah. series is, is got, it's got me getting up in the morning, you know what I mean It makes me feel good, so I want to keep doing that
0: Well,
1: I think that's like an interesting kind of thing to touch on because i've always And like, I just say that I I call it like I get bored and I come up with an idea and I bang it out. And then inevitably something that um, I make after the fact will be pretty like kind of opposite of what came before it. And lately it's been going on that like I've just been like really focusing in on like getting better at painting so the painting has progressed from you know one level then into another and then into portraiture and I don't even I don't even know anymore
0: and um
1: <laughs> you know and I'm like kind of I'm like if I've like done with painting like that for a while like I'm good and you know so I agree with you with the thought of, like, will this confuse people, blah, 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 because between brick walls, the stuff that I was doing before that, the second generation of watercolors, and then the watercolors, it's been about three years now that that's kind of been a focal point of style for me. And, you know, I've gained recognition for it, you know, which has been lovely because you work so hard, and I'd love to be able to make a living at this. You know, like forever. Um, So the the idea of the risk of okay, you're just getting this moving. It's just really starting to flow, and now I'm like bored, and I want to switch it up. What's going to come with that? And the all the feelings that you're describing, like the oh, I have to get up and do this or I'm making this stuff and it's like I know I can do it, but whatever. Like that's literally what I'm feeling right now. So it's very like exciting to hear that you've kind of flipped that switch just by like really motivating to try something new. Like to just like go for it,
2: you know? Yeah, you Put know, you I had. was scared. I mean, like, I mean, I really thought about putting it out there, like under a different name. Like at first, like, as I was like terrified of like if people didn't like it, it was like so confusing compared to my previous work. I, I thought about like just creating like another Instagram account, uh, you know, with like no picture of and like a different name, and just like tossing it out there and like seeing what the reaction was, just because I was so scared. And like that's, you know, I don't really. No, come I think what like you did was in, in but like I Roll do, I get perfect. I get terrified of like showing my work, even though like I don't really come across as like kind of nervous like that in person, I guess. But internally, yeah. like I'd get like super nervous. So.
1: Well, I know everyone's like, "Oh, you're having an opening tonight, aren't you excited?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and inside <clears> I'm <throat> like, "Oh my fuck, I just..." And <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's cool because everyone's like, you'll just full got this," and I'm like, right. "Oh, no, okay." Right. Okay, so I have questions about how you're making this work. Um, Yeah. And I don't want to give away any of your secrets, but the one thing I really want to know is the the amplified paintings. And I think you have volume one, two, and one through four up, or
2: one through two. I have one and two up. Uh, Three and four are going to be three should be finished tonight. Four should be finished by the end of the week.
1: Weekend, baby. Okay. So before yeah. you posted Volume One, how many amplified did you make before you got this one that was like way perfect?
2: Believe it or not, it was, or the, was first, this the first lucky? go at it? It was the yeah. all of them have been. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what Luckily I enough, to hear. It,
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, believe it or not, it was the first one. Uh, but so so I guess what I was <laughs> yeah, going to say yeah, is right. that
0: I, I have,
2: you know, it really was the first one, but I, I have some experience, like this this process. And if you see my, my stories and stuff on, on Instagram, I actually post a lot of stuff on Instagram that kind of shows my process to a certain extent. And you'll you'll obviously notice right off the bat that there's a lot of tape involved, right? It, and um, so I did a lot of painting of, of like houses, like interior rooms uh, growing up. And so uh-huh. I have some experience with like taping, I guess, <laughs> taping for paint, you know, going <laughs> into okay. this. So I had a good understanding of kind of like how to lay the tape and what I needed to do to make, to execute. Um, so that helped, I guess, kind of get, get yeah, through Yeah, and I
1: mean, like, that's not something to take lightly because, you know, there's a lot of tape artwork out there. And I've um, gotten pretty familiar with some artists here that do the work, and I and I totally stalk their stuff, too, because I'm a stalker on the Internet, I'm an internet art stalker. <laughs>
2: we all do. It. And we all I'm do like,
1: yeah. I'm like, I'm zooming in on your painting 800 times right now. I'm inside your painting on the computer. Um, <laughs> so, no, and I like, you know, see stuff. And, you know, this is stuff that we pick up knowing what we do, right? And I can see, right. like, the way right. tape the operates and all this stuff and right. people use painters tape in their homes. And we all know what a shit show that can be. So, you know, to have the accuracy and the depth that you're creating with this tape is one of the things that I was like, that's so impressive because, and it's funny that, you know, like when you said you failed or you weren't, you know, you failed like statistics or whatever, were you successful though, like in geometry and stuff like that? Like, was that a breeze? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, anything with angles, anything that was vi- like like with angles I was good at. Yes, anything that was visual. Uh I could yeah, I could pick too. up on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yep. like I was like drawing diagrams about how the trains got to the station at the same time, but
2: <laughs> Yep. Yeah, like I could have been like 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 the math from stat and stuff like that confused the hell out of me, but like I probably could like in another lifetime could have been like an architect which there's a lot of math involved too, but it's like, it's, it's, it's angles and, and it's a visual on those compelling, you know, component of math.
1: Yeah. Cause that always so confused me. Cause I was like, how is this something I can so excel in? And then like this base and it's funny in my later years, like <laughs> I understand math quite well, but it wasn't, wasn't the best situation when I was younger. Um, okay. So, <laughs> Tell us some tape secrets, if you don't mind, because when you go to Michael's Instagram, and I'll post it all on on the Internet and stuff, um, you can see what we're talking about. I mean, this stuff – these lines are so equal, crisp, clean, clear. I mean, it's like – oh, okay.
2: So
1: (laughs) give us some some, um, secrets.
2: So what most people don't – I guess, first and foremost, buy good tape. Um, People – underestimate the difference like it it can make. And so, you know, and try not to uh, puke when you see the cost, because it is expensive, especially with what I'm doing, which is so many different paint lines that I'm using a lot of tape, but it's, it's expensive. And, and I, I actually opt for um, a a line. I'll just go ahead and tell you guys, it's called 3M. And obviously you probably heard of 3M, the giant manufacturer, but it's called 3M precision masking tape. And it's uh, it's a light green. You're probably familiar with frog tape that's out there. That's kind of a darker, darker green. This stuff is uh, almost like a mint-colored green, and it's it's yeah. almost transparent too. So when you're working with it, you can see what's underneath, which is which can be really helpful in certain applications. And so. It may, it's used it by auto body detailers a lot. So most of your local auto body detail, uh, or not even detailers, but like auto body shops or um, parts stores like uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts and Advance and stuff like that, they'll uh, be able to order it for you. Uh, but that's probably the only way you're going to find it. You can't just go to a store and buy this stuff. Um, it's kind of a specialty item. But it's used by uh, people that paint. Uh, cars and do fine uh, pinstriping and stuff like that so uh, that's kind of a it's 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 kind of a trade secret I guess but you know now everybody knows so
1: it's yeah that, yeah I just you just totally blew that thanks bud yeah
2: no it's good <laughs> now like I said I mean I'm an open book so you know I mean I want anybody to be able to, to because it can be so frustrating when you're trying to create something and then you know you've done everything that you think it's perfectly you know, applied and you, you know press the tape down firmly. And, you know, how you apply the tape is another huge part. You really have to be diligent about about making sure that edge uh, where the tape's going to be hit, where the paint's going to be hit is really firmly applied to the surface. Um, but there's nothing have more frustrating you... than, than doing all that, peeling up the line and having a kind of, you know, all this paint bled under. That can be a very frustrating deal.
1: Yeah. No, that's just like, that's like paint. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it is. Um, it is have you told the internet about the surfaces you're using or have you kept that
2: yourself? yourself? I haven't yet. That, 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 I haven't told about the new ones. Okay. It's asked. fine. I don't mind. I don't <laughs> mind telling people no, I don't, I because I'm, I'm going to tell them when I, when I, uh, when I do it. So, I mean, it's becoming kind of a common thing, but it's called uh it's called aluminum composite panel. Um, and it's basically eighth inch thick. Uh, it comes in sheets about an eighth-inch thick, similar to plywood, but it's actually um, like a sandwich material um, with the outer layers being extremely thin uh, sheets of aluminum that's then coated in a surface um, application that's like this almost glossy, almost matte, but it's like in between glossy and matte finish of like a bright white, or you can get it in black, you can get it in mirror, you can get it in all kinds of different finishes. And yeah. um, it's super smooth, like super smooth to the point if you're using spray paint that you don't have to prime it. If you're using other, if you're using brushes, you would probably have to prime the surface um, just so that there's some grab. So you don't see the brush strokes depending upon how you're applying it. But um, with spray paint, that's another thing as well is the surface of what you're applying this tape to makes a huge difference. And so. If you're applying it to canvas, right, there's naturally kind of – it's porous, right, and there's naturally some, you know, indentations in the canvas and just, you know, microscopic exactly. and, and, you know, but that may that matters, right, from a, from a fine precision type perspective. That's going to show up. And even to the point – I mean, totally. I keep my tape in plastic bags, right, just because any dust on the edges of your tape is going to show up and reflect once you pull that tape off and the paint's been applied. Little dust along the edges will create little, you know – uh, speckles of you know unpainted surface so it's it's almost like a level of OCD anal type stuff but like <laughs> it, it works for me I guess you know uh, but it, but every the more attention you you pay to that you, that stuff it'll show up in the final product I guess is the best way to put it
1: well that's what I was wondering because you know the, and we were texting about this because I was like I've been thinking about this a lot because I love doing stripe work, and I've used it a lot in my work. Just like I like love stripes and polka dots. I think it just goes back to you know yeah yeah seen prep, it. prep school and shit. But um, and I love plaids too. And like I've always you know I've I've explored with striping and painting in that nature, but would love to get to a point where even if you're using tape like that and you're cutting out circles and they're really defined and all that type of stuff like would be fun for me to just to see kind of like the work evolve and coincide with the element of technology and what public in general is driven towards nowadays. Like one thing that I can say that I've noticed is that because of the introduction of Instagram and the intensity of how like saturated we are with that, you know, it's the same concept that we put towards putting a, like a face filter on a photograph. So you look like, I don't even know, like, I don't get that, but, um, you <laughs> okay. look like a dog like or a cat
2: or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that, well, I mean, I, right. that's like a whole other radio show.
2: Um,
1: but <laughs> no, like this thing where like, you you know, you can put like filters on your face and it flattens out all your, you know, <laughs> defining characteristics. So you basically look like, I don't mean like you were like a cartoon, an illustration made in the computer. <clears throat> people are really identifying with that look and they're, they're literally translating that as it, like an actuality, like it's being seen enough where like, you're like, yeah, like I always do that. That's what I look like. And it's like, all right. But with art, I feel like it's happening with art too that like, even with the influx of like paint pouring and all this stuff where like everything is just like, I feel like has like a photo filter on it and so yeah when you make a piece of art that's legit like that and like for me my painting's really scratchy and stuff like that you see it in person you can see every move I made which I personally like that's why I'm so infatuated with what thanks for with what you're doing though because I think it's really challenging for me you know I'm like that that looks like a really cool challenge like I feel like I'd be like I have to like learn a lot. Like I have to be really patient. I have to be really yeah. on my mark. You know what I
2: mean? And that's all yeah. good stuff. No, for sure. You know, like I said, I mean, that's, you know, from my previous style that was much more organic. Like, you know, you could see the brush strokes, you could see kind of the artist's hand at work, right? And uh there's power in that. But you know, when, when I switch gears and doing this style, it's it's all about like precision and almost trying to emulate kind of what you might see on a computer screen and that kind of all harks back to kind of like you know my you know super formal statement that you read at the beginning about you know this this kind of clash that we're kind of going through right now in society this kind of clash of worlds right like we're like on the one hand like i and you we remember like growing up playing outside as kids right and like being home before That's dark so you know cool. what i mean like you know what i mean like running around the neighborhood and playing flashlight tag and, and shit but like now, but then, and then like we kind of got through that adolescence with like out this onslaught of technology, right? And now, you know, I'm just as guilty as the next person of like constantly being attached to my phone. And like, do yeah, they go to, like, outside and
1: play cell phone tag now? Like, they just like, hold up their <laughs> cell phone flashlight right. and they're
2: like, with the mean? flashlight, right? And they're like, we hold like, on, I got type t- Of like augmented reality, like, app that they play flashlight tag through now, you know?
1: Yeah, they just sit down, like, and they're, like, at home, and then they're, like, outside <laughs> and, like, virtual.
2: Right. So right. fucking crazy. <laughs>
1: right. No, I, I totally see that in this work, and I think that's why, like, I was impressed with it off the bat, because it came, you know, like, your rollout with it was really cool. You were like, this is what's going on. And then, you know, it I was scrolling through my feed and I saw this and I was like, "Mm -hmm, wait, hold on. And so I click on it and like you did like the photos that were up close first, the details. And then you did the image that where it was on the wall that you could see that this wasn't a printed photograph or a printed piece or a print applied to a board. Like this is like a legit painting. And I was like, this is really cool because it's making you think the concept is technical, but it's been made physically and i think the thing that makes it work you don't have the brush stroke thing going on but the the movement the painting creates on its own make you know is what is the new new essence of that to me
2: yeah no, you know, i like, appreciate that yeah yeah i mean that's 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 you know i guess what i was trying to what I was trying to do with that for sure
1: well, that's good because it's, like, happening. So tell us where you're showing these pieces right now. Because it's, like this, yeah. is, like, this stuff's not even 10 days old, and it's already happening. So
2: Yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy. So so there's this uh, exciting new project going on here. So I'm up in Hartford currently right right now. And so there's this in Connecticut. And there's this project going on here. Uh, by this guy uh, named Eric Ben Kiki. He's a local gallery owner here that's kind of done a lot for the community in, in regards to, you know, uh, forward-thinking contemporary art, stuff that might be pushing the boundaries and the edge a little bit of kind of, you know, your typical uh, classical-style art. And so he had this gallery here for about five years, and and, uh, and then it ended up shutting it down last year, and he's on to this new project where he's turning unused commercial space into um, into – Gallery space, like temporary gallery space, almost like sidewalk for like sidewalk viewing. You can't actually go in and look at it, but they're like installed just a couple feet behind windows.
1: Yeah, commercial window he, space,
2: yeah. Exactly, and so it's kind of a win-win for these for these commercial places, you know, commercial buildings and you know unused space to kind of activate the street, you know, uh, to a certain extent and kind of you know bring it to life and draw some attention to the uh, to the property. And at the same time, it's you know a, a great uh, space for artists to kind of show off their work. Um, and so the, basically for like almost 200 square, uh, 200 linear feet or something like that, it's almost an entire city block right alongside the train station here in Hartford and downtown Hartford. There's this strip of like old nightclubs. And it was, it, it, I think there was like some crime and some different things that was kind of being drawn into the neighborhood. And so they shut them down like a year ago. And I think they've been, they're trying to kind of turn that property around. And, uh, so, uh, he is negotiated, you know, the uh, the space, and he's got everything installed now. I think it's like 16 different artists and some really talented local artists here in Hartford. And um, he's launching it on October, or excuse me, um, April 26th. It's a Friday in a couple of weeks. We're having a big open reception for it, so uh, it'll be on view there for the next four months. Uh, the Amplified V1, the first one, the real big one that's about uh, nine feet wide. That'll be on display there for, yeah, the next four months unless it sells, um, in which case I kind of get to restock um, the wall with, you know, another painting. It's almost like each artist kind of gets this, this allotted yeah. amount of, you know, space to kind of show their work. So, you That's know, cross great. the fingers, hopefully it sells. But, you know, I, either way, I'm just excited to kind of be involved in the project and, uh, you know, and uh, and get to show my work in public. It'll It'll be a fun experience.
1: This is exciting. I just love it. Yeah. Okay. I'm just so pumped. And I just, you know, like, it's been funny. Like, this past week, I was just really, like, kind of just like, oh, like, I'm making paintings. And it was just such, like, a bizarre thing to think about. Because I'm like, you really have nothing to complain about. But the interesting thing is, is when you're an artist and, you know, your primary you know, way that you make money is literally coming up with new ideas. And when you're stuck in a project or something that, you know, just like keeps going on forever, it can get really wearing. And you came out with this work and I was like, for some reason, it just like kind of lit me up. And I was like, this is great. And I needed it. So it inspired me. And I'm just so glad that you enjoy or that you joined us because this conversation was great too. And I just, I'm excited about it and I can't wait to keep following it. And I just am like, I'm really just pumped to see where it goes. I think it's really something and the work is beautiful. So you did a really great job.
2: Thank you, Jess. I appreciate it. Well, try something new if you're, you know, if you're bored and if you're frustrated, you know, you know, remove the expectations. I guess that's my best advice. Just, you know, eliminate the expectations and see what happens, you know.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to do that because I think like, you know, um, Michael and I have been texting, like, kind of like on the back on the back side about like a few like different like fundamental things. And I just have like really had this idea of kind of something I'd like to try. And I've always kind of been like, oh, like, I know that the fallback of that is going to be like, here she comes thinking she can be <laughs> just full well, with all, you know, like, blah, blah. And like, you know, I get that because, you know, it's partially true. But um, also, like, it's definitely been something in the back of my mind that's like prevented me from, you know, kind of taking that, that like leap. And so I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to do it. And I think that you dropping these paintings is a big part of that because it really was like, it just like lit a fire under me. So I appreciate it and I can't wait to see more. So awesome. That's all I had to say. That's
2: all I'm my pleasure i mean that's what it's all about you know if we can uh, artists can help inspire people i mean that's really at the end of the day what it's what what it's about that's why i'm creating is to inspire people in some in some fashion so um glad, 100% glad to
1: hear it.
2: it's yeah. working
1: okay well thanks for taking some time out and talking with us today from everyone here at lions radio network thank you for joining us from all over the world And for listening to that, you know, beefed-up promo situation in the beginning, I mean, it's just par for the course around here at Jess and Broadcast. And um, next week I'm not going to be around, but the week after we'll be back and I'll figure out what's going on. But, um, all right, well, thanks, Michael, and we'll post all your links, and then um, we'll just keep an eye on this awesome stuff you're making and share it with our fans. So have a great day. Thanks,
2: Jess. Thanks.
1: All right. Bye.
2: Bye Bye-bye.